this is Kaya McKenna, the conduit of karma, and you're listening to the Magical Mystical Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. Coming to you live from Delavan, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, she's independent wrestling sensation, also a graphic designer. Ladies and gentlemen, Kaya McKenna. Kaya, how are you? And welcome to the first time on the Atomic Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on this afternoon. I look forward to having a good conversation with you, my friend. Yes, same here. You know, we were talking (laughs) off the record, and we're talking now. Um, Before I even start asking you the repetitive wrestling questions, um, how was 2020 um, for you, and um, was it a good or bad year for you during quarantine? think that it had its highs and lows. I'm not going to lie to you and say that it was fantastic, but I'm not going to lie to you and say that it was awful. Um, I went to wrestling school from January to March, so of course I got out in March very excited to start doing wrestling, and then there was no wrestling, period, whatsoever. (laughs) Ever. Anywhere. So, I did have a period where I was really, really kind of bummed out about it, but then I decided that I had to adapt and overcome. And even if I couldn't be performing in a ring in front of people, there were still things I could do to better myself as a wrestler and advance my career, even if it was inching at this point. So I just tried to focus a lot of energy into going to the gym and working out, like staying in decent shape. If, if I got the opportunity to continue training, I would go train. I would work on advancing myself on social media and kind of building up a presence, like trying to put piece content together just to stay relevant. Um, work a show here and there when the opportunity arose that it was a safe environment that had COVID protocol. I would, I, I worked on things I could do for merch. I worked on having good gear. Like there are so many other parts that go into this than just performing in front of the fans. So even if you can't physically go out and like do the actual thing, you can be improving upon other aspects of it. So I just tried to really kind of focus on what I could control and not so much what I couldn't. And I think it's turned out pretty okay for it being about eight months at this point. Yeah. So, um, did you like with the whole quarantine? You felt you trained more um, during quarantine than you than you did if let's say if there wasn't quarantine. Like you felt you had a lot more training, like a lot more dedication to the gym or whatnot. Um, you know, honestly, I know a lot of people have really taken advantage of this quarantine to get into the best shape of their lives. Yeah. I am not one of those people. I was very, very motivated and driven to do that for like the first six months of this quarantine but i'm not gonna lie like november hit in december and it was a little bit of a struggle for me and it still is i'm still trying to get back into the groove of like going to the gym regularly you know i and it sucks because it's like you should go as a wrestler you should go you should look like an athlete you're a professional athlete but for some reason man i think the quarantine finally just hit me around december and I, i had a hard time staying motivated so I'm trying to, like, you know, do a little bit each day to get my routine and structure back, even though our worlds have been turned upside down. And if you're one of those people that's kind of struggling and seeing all of these people on social media and whatnot that are, like, just crushing their fitness goals, it's okay. <laughs> I've been going to the gym three days 
a week, and that is far from the norm for me. But it's it's good for me right now. It's it's good for my mental health and my soul and my body. So <laughs> if you can only go three days, or if you can only go one day, just know that it's good that you're still going and you're making a little bit of an effort. It doesn't have to be an all-out effort every time. Yeah, and um, I'm curious what what is it about wrestling that that you're attracted to and um. Like, was you always a fan? And, you know, this is not like a niche thing. Like, ooh, let me be a wrestler. Like, you know, did you grow up loving wrestling and watching it? I did, actually. I grew up watching a lot of wrestling. I'm from a more rural area, so it was very, very big. My family liked to watch wrestling. We would watch Monday Night Raw on the couch together and eat dinner. (laughs) It was like our bonding time. So it was something I just grew up with my family. Like, my grandmother liked wrestling. My aunt likes wrestling. Everybody in my family likes wrestling. So I was always around it. I always grew up watching it. But as far as pursuing it, the era that I grew up watching wrestling, I'm going to make myself sound a little bit older, but, like, there wasn't as much internet access and social media and stuff that we have nowadays. Like, it wasn't immediate gratification. So when you saw these people doing wrestling, it was like they were superheroes. They were very you know, superstars, they were like pie in the sky, they were celebrities, and and it didn't, and it was like, how does one even become a professional wrestler, you know, but, so I did martial arts growing up, as kind of like the, well, I can't wrestle as a child, so I'm going to do this, because it's like a close second, right, so I did that growing up, and as I got a little bit older, I started going, you know what, I think I want to do wrestling, I think I can do wrestling, you know, I've, I've kind of got a little bit of an athletic background, and I love wrestling, and I love the theatrical performance aspect of wrestling and the storytelling too I, to me that's what's the most compelling so i was like let me just give it a shot and i just started helping out at small local indie shows and it was all uphill from there wow that's awesome but like there was any like um your whole family they watch it were they like avid fans as as you were or like they was like casual watchers of it no, they were pretty into it. Like, my mom used to take us as kids all the time, and we would have a blast. Oh, my wow. mom loves, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was, like, her favorite. <laughs> oh, that's I awesome. I specifically remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really cool to have the support of my family, because I've met a lot of people in wrestling who don't necessarily have the support of their families, and that just bums me out. I'm very lucky. Yeah. Even when I have a show that's close, if my family can make it, they always come and cheer for me and, like, make a lot of noise and, like, buy tickets and support me. Like, they're so cool. And I feel so fortunate that I have a supportive family oh. Do you remember, when it comes to wrestling. Do you remember the first show you seen with your family live? Like, the first wrestling event you went live with your family? Oh, I don't actually know if I actually physically remember because they took us, like, from the time we were, like, knee-high to a grasshopper. Oh, wow. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I can't. I can tell you ones that stick out in my mind. Um, we went to a house show in 2003, and I got to see Eddie Guerrero wrestle Ultimate Dragon, and I thought that was really, really cool. And I thought it was cool when I was younger, but as an adult, like I really think it's cool that I got to see that. It was such an awesome, awesome match to be there for. So. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you know, you're you wanted to be a wrestler. You're a wrestling fan. How how does one find a wrestling school in your area, and um, how did you proceed to go forward into um, pursuing your dream? Well, I kind of did a little bit of research when I was going to go to wrestling school. I looked at it. There are a lot of options. Um, not necessarily options where I live, because I'm in, I am native to the eastern shore of Maryland, and then I am currently living in the Washington, D.C. 
D.C. area. So there's not so many options for us here. Anything's probably a two or three hour drive. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was, I, I work a day job. So I was trying to figure out like, okay, if I'm going to do this commute, like how am I going to keep my job? Because I still have to pay my bills and go to wrestling school. And then also if I'm having to go up north, which is where the majority of the schools were, not sit in a bunch of traffic because it, I don't know. If, I mean, I guess, you know, you say you're from New York, right? Like yeah. it takes you probably during rush hour, I would say six to seven hours to get from Baltimore to New York. Yeah. When in normal, normal, when there's not traffic, it's maybe like four. Mm. So I just, the more I started looking at that, I was like, okay, this really isn't a reasonable option for me. Like I, I don't want to spend that much time in my car. <laughs> I don't want to put that much money into gas. Like if I'm going to spend all of this money and I'm going to do all of this driving, I'm just going to go to a school that I really want to go to that I think is best. And that's why I decided to go to Black and Brave in Davenport, Iowa. So I moved out there for three months and I trained with Eric Brave and Seth Rollins. And how was that experience like, you know, especially um, being a female, were there a lot of other females there? Like, did you like, was like, oh my God, am I going to be the only girl here? Like, was you kind of intimidated by that? Or was there like, you know, there were a lot, there was like, was the women equal to the men that were at the school? They have the same expectation of everybody, regardless of your gender or what you want to do at wrestling. So if you want to be a wrestler, a referee a valet, whatever you're going to wrestling school for, you have to do the same exact program that everybody does. Mm. And and like I said, they do this regardless of age, regardless of gender. They treat everybody as an equal individual. And I think that that's really cool. They don't, they don't like, they're not like easy on you because you're a girl. And like, they're not harder on you because you're a girl, but they're not (laughs) easy on you. And I'm so glad I got to have that experience because even when it was like tough for me, because there are just honestly, there are things that are just easier for men to do because men have more upper body strength than most women. So there are things that are a little bit more challenging, but I'm so glad I got to have that experience because it made me a very well-rounded wrestler and it made me really appreciate the technique behind wrestling and how important it was for me because I could not compensate sloppy technique with strength. I had to make sure I was doing stuff right. So I thought it was a great experience, even though it's tough. They have an awesome program. They've really, like, nailed down how to get people in and out in 12 weeks and make them amazing professional wrestlers, which is incredible to think about because most people go to wrestling school for, like, a year, right? Yeah. Like, 12 weeks. They they get you in and out, and they teach you everything that you need to know to be able to start wrestling. But but like anything, right? Like, there's continuing education. Like, it's not a one-and-done thing. I have continued to train since leaving there. Um. Now that I'm back on the East Coast, I go to Worldwide Dojo in Bristol, Pennsylvania with Cheeseburger and Sumi Sakai, which is an incredible experience, too. So you just got to keep growing. Yeah. How how can you compare the schools? How is um, um, Cheeseburger School different from Seth Rollins School? Like, can you, pair, can you compare the differences or is it like apples and like, you know, I'm sure it's like apples and oranges. Like everyone has their own neek of training and teaching. Like, what's the differences? Well, wrestling is very much wrestling in its purest essence, right? The basics yeah. are the basics. Yeah. But what I think is really cool is different trainers bring their backgrounds into it. And all of these people come from very different backgrounds. So it's not so much as about learning what's right and what's wrong, but like learning all the different ways and approaches. So like one of the things that I've gotten at training at Worldwide Dojo is a different approach than I got at Black and Brave. Like, 
they have a very heavy Japan influence there. You know, Black and Brave's very American influence. And, and it's just so cool that you can round out your moveset and your style with all these different influences and all these different places. So that's one of the things I've really appreciated about both places is just the difference in approach. Like, it's, it's, it's all right. There's yeah. nothing wrong about either way anybody teaches. It's just how your background shapes your curriculum. And I just really think it's cool that you can go and you can learn from all these different people and all their different varying backgrounds and experiences. And for people who don't know, who is Kaya McKenna? Who is she? She's the conduit of karma. She's a good witch. (laughs) And what else? She's a good witch and what else? She is very much trying to think of how to explain it to you it's it's very much the battle of good versus evil like she is the good the evergreen good force in the wrestling world that is there to restore balance especially when it comes to all of the people in wrestling who are evil who cheat who step on others she's like the embodiment of everything wholesome and good and fighting the good fight and i think that that's what's cool because when i and and when i was a kid and i watched wrestling i loved how it was like good guys bad guys cops and robbers you know like cowboys and indians it was good versus evil and i just wanted to really capture that battle with my character the battle of good versus evil have you had any serious injuries as of yet or have you been hurt during training i mean you get bumps and bruises and like but you start to very quickly figure out like what's something that is concerning and just something that you're going to be sore for a few days it's it's a physical sport like any kind of physical full contact sport you're gonna have bumps and bruises and mishaps and, and and you know you just you, t- you have to take care of your body. Like yeah. one of the things I've really started doing is being very mindful of like stretching, doing some yoga, like making sure I have good like mobility. When I have to drive long distances, like getting out and walking every once in a while, instead of sitting in the car and getting stiff, just small little things you can do to improve the wear and tear on your body while doing professional wrestling. Gotcha. And um, when you first wrestled in front of people, what was that feeling like? Like, how did you feel? And um, do you still remember, like, your first match? I do. It's very nerve-wracking because, you know, you're, you have this fleeting moment where you're like, this has been what I've been training for my whole life. And then you just have to go out and do it. And once you're in the ring and you're doing your thing, like, you don't even think about how nervous you are because you're so focused on everything else that you're trying to do at that moment. You know, you're so focused on trying to win that it all becomes secondary. So I would say you have a lot of nerves when you're like getting when on the day leading up to it, like getting ready to go out in front of the crowd. But then once you're out there, it's, it's like your brain's just like, let's go, let's do this. And it's almost second nature. So, but it's learning to like be in control of your emotions and be in control of those nerves and not let them dictate how you're going to get through the day or, you know, at the end of the day, cripple you. So how does, how does your friends feel or family that you're wrestling? Like you're like more, most likely your friends, like what do they think about you, you pursuing your dream and doing this profession? Um, most of the people that I'm friends with outside of wrestling or I talk to, like think it's really, really cool. Um, you know, you get the occasional person who's like, oh, that's fake, right? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. And, and honestly, people like that, I, I just, I don't feel like I need to convince them otherwise. Like, I don't have room for that type of negativity in my life. So I just ignore people like that. They can do whatever they want. But my family thinks it's cool. I think my mom worries a little bit because she was a trauma nurse. Yeah. So I think that anything, like, bad that can happen, 
happen to people she's seen happen. But I think she also knows that we are professionals. So she's very supportive. And, and you know, she worries because she's a mom. I like to think everybody's mom worries about them. Of course. <laughs> um, Does your mom worry about you? Yeah, but I'm not like... My my body's well. I guess she worries when I drive. I think that's the only thing. Like, just be careful driving and don't get hit out there. But you see, I guess in your case is different because you're, you know, one wrong fall or whatnot, a wrong world slam. You know, you can get hurt either way. But you know, say either way, the minute you step out of your house is always a risk. You know, so yeah. And like with wrestling, like I said, the risk is very real. It's like any other contact sport people do, whether it be martial arts or amateur wrestling or football or MMA like you know there's always that chance and risk that you take when you're competing yeah are you are you attracted to MMA as well um I enjoy watching MMA I have no desire to partake in MMA if that's a fair statement yeah well how about like the how about background I it's not something I'm very interested in pursuing I think it's really cool I really like the concept of pitting these different styles of martial arts against each other to see which one would be most superior or at least that's what it was when it first kind of hit the scene I think it's kind of evolved into its own spectacle these days right yeah but I I don't have any desire to pursue MMA I am very very happy pursuing professional wrestling have you ever done like MMA training or any some kind of training outside of wrestling martial arts training in Ishinru Karate mm-hmm. and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, how, how does that differ from wrestling training? How does that differ? I mean, I think I was actually better prepared for it because it's very physical. So, you okay. know, there's obviously everybody goes to training and it's like, oh, today's the day we learn to take bumps. And like, <laughs> if you're used to, you know, if you're used to like, you know, they teach you how to fall properly in martial arts. And like in judo, anybody who's done judo knows there are proper ways to fall so you don't hurt yourself. So if you're used to like, getting kind of tossed around a little bit like it's it's not you know as much of a shock as to somebody who's like never played a sport in their life right so i think it did help prepare me in that sense i wasn't like super soft you know (laughs) but but i also think there are things in wrestling like mentally that that nothing can prepare you for you know it's it's truly you're trying to do so much at the same time with wrestling that that's a whole learning experience in its own right is learning how to keep your head cool and keep your brain straight you know do the thing (laughs) true true um are you a fan of like the big promotions like aew wwe impact ring of honor are you a fan of the big promotions i I know you're a fan of wwe yeah but i love wrestling to be honest with you like in all forms i mean i think there's some wrestling i like more than others and then there's like wrestling that like i like to watch but i wouldn't want to do and I just, to me, I try to appreciate all forms of wrestling and, like, not be angry at something that I supposedly love, right? Okay. So I always think of, like, wrestling as, like, going into an ice cream shop or going into a donut store. And you get a box. And you can put whatever donuts in that box you want. Or you can get whatever scoops of ice cream you want on your Sunday. And if you don't like pistachio ice cream, you don't have to get it. So if you're in there and... AEW is your pistachio ice cream. That's fine. Just put two scoops of WWE in and call it a day. You know, <laughs> I just really think that with and it's so cool because there's so much wrestling. Like when I was a kid, you used to sit and you used to wait every week for Monday to see what was going to happen because you couldn't look up spoilers or anything. And there wasn't any other wrestling, so you would just wait for this one show. And like now, there's wrestling on every night. Like, what more could you want? I can't keep up with all the wrestling that's on TV. Like, I have to pick and choose because I can't watch all of it. 
That's true. Um, if anyone hasn't seen you wrestle, is there a, a, a style you pattern yourself after, or you have your own unique style? I'm kind of trying to like craft my own unique style because I'm very, very big into why do what everybody else is doing when you can do something different. Mm-hmm. And especially in like now, like in the way wrestling is and how it's been kind of transformed over the years, you know, from WWE to the Attitude Era to the Ruthless Aggression Era to Indies taking more of a stronghold presence in wrestling to like PWG introducing their style of wrestling to it just all of this evolution why do the same stuff um I try to really draw on some of my backgrounds I love to do like incorporate like holds judo throws just like fun stuff I don't know that just you don't see like I want to be the only person on the card that did the move I did okay. you know and and there's something that's fun about that it forces you to be creative and think of different stuff and so I just, I guess I'm going to call it witchy style. I don't know. <laughs> but it is, it's like a hodgepodge of all the things that I think are cool about wrestling or just things that I think are different and will set me apart and just make me something like, like a palate cleanser, like something that's different to watch. Cause when we're so oversaturated with wrestling, it's so easy to be bored by wrestling. I mean, how many times have we seen somebody do a moonsault now? And it's like kind of lost the allure that it had when people first started breaking that out, right? Yeah. So maybe the solution to adapting isn't going bigger in that sense, but just kind of thinking outside the box a little bit. Yeah. You know? So I just try to think outside the box when I come up with the moves I want to do. Yeah. It's like just different stuff. It's stuff like my opponents won't see coming. Yeah. It's like, like they're like. No, no, I was going to say, um, it's like the DDT, like when Jake did the DDT, it was special, but then when everybody's doing the DDT, it's like, okay, you know, there's nothing special about it anymore, you know, like, because everyone's doing it, you know? Yeah, you should, but, and like I said, the cool thing about that is, like, your moves that are special and unique don't necessarily have to be these big, crazy powerhouse moves or these crazy acrobatic moves, like, you can do fun, unique stuff in the ring, just kind of actually wrestling around, right? Like. Yeah. And I think that that's cool too. And I really like, like, have you watched Bloodsport yet? With Robert Van Dam? Yes, the movie. But yes. they also have, um, in wrestling now, they have a promotion called Bloodsport. It's run by Josh Barnett and GCW. And it's more shoot style. And oh, like, oh, oh you're talking about the wrestling. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I just, I'm all for people doing different things in wrestling and just kind of finding new ways to be entertaining. Yeah. If um, anybody wants to see a Kaya McKenna match, what is the go-to match to watch to see your work? I just had a match at Camp Leapfrog against Ryan Nova that I really thought was phenomenal. You can catch it on IWTV. Use the code LEAPFROG for five days free. And I just love that match. I felt like I had a point to prove because he took me out on a date, forgot his wallet, tried to sick me with the bill. I was not happy about it. So, um, we had a match. Because that's how we settle things in wrestling. And I just brought it. I just busted out all my big moves. It was a, it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy watching it as well. It was really fun. And if you've never seen Camp Leapfrog, Camp Leapfrog's fun in general. It's, it's very um, cheeky and very story-driven. But the wrestling's still really good. But it's story-driven. And it's just something different than anything else going on right now. So if you need a little bit of a break from the norm, I, I definitely encourage you to check out Camp Leapfrog. Oh. Kaya, what's your favorite movie genre? but I also really like just like wholesome feel-good movies 
that are like from the late 80s early 90s era but like we're, we're obviously when they were made they were not intended to be blockbusters but they were just easy to watch like i love stuff like wayne's world i love like bill and ted's excellent adventure um i like back to the future like i love stuff like that that's just like easy to watch and just like turn your brain off and enjoy this movie type things i don't want to watch like i mean I like comedies but you know I don't want to watch something that's like this jam-packed action movie or this crazy comedy or this like drama that's going to make me cry. I yeah. just want to kind of relax. And I feel like those movies are so fun because they're just, you know, good turn your brain off and enjoy those movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell from those selections you like clean movies, like clean fun movies, like classic, yeah. classic eight, like not 80s, but like, you know, not like family friendly, but simple movies. Simple movies is easy to digest pretty much, right? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Because like I, I have to think a lot for my day job, and I have to think a lot in wrestling. And like when I watch a movie, I don't want to have to think about it. I just want to yeah. watch it. <laughs> so when you're working, when you're working your shoot day job, do do your fellow coworkers know what you do on the side? Yeah, they think it's pretty cool, actually. Um, I'm very lucky to have a job that's supportive of me wanting to do pro wrestling. It makes it a little bit easier. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, who are your um, top three wrestlers that when you, you, um, you was watching wrestling that you loved or admired? Or it doesn't even have to be top three, just wrestlers that you love and admire. I really like Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. I like China, And I like the great Muda. Wow. Which I know is like quite a mix. But I like all of them for different reasons. Like I just, I love Dean Malenko's technical ability and his ability to be a strong base and just, you know, bring something different to the table, especially as a cruiserweight. Mm-hmm. I um, I like China just because when China hit the scene, there was nothing like China. Yeah. She was, like, a force, right? Yeah. And, and she could wrestle anybody, and she was good, and she was entertaining, and she had such a nice, like, her personality just translated so well on screen, and I just really thought China was the coolest thing going. Yeah. Especially as a girl, like, a, a kid, like, you know, I'm a little bit taller, too, so to see growing up like this woman who was strong and tall and powerful and like it just kind of empowered me a lot it gave me a confidence about myself so i like china and i love the great buddha because i just there's just something so otherworldly about him and i think that that's the coolest thing too because it really goes back to wrestling being a performance and being theatrical and like just telling these stories and like getting people to buy in and like he just gets people to buy in and i think that's so cool on top of being a phenomenal wrestler, of course. Yes. Right? Yes. A triple crown winner. Yes, you know? of course. <laughs> well, you know your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kaya, have you had um, any regrets in life? Not really. I mean, some people ask me if um, I regret not starting professional wrestling earlier, but I don't because mm-hmm. I would rather do it with more of an adult brain, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, wrestling is very, very tough mentally and physically and i think sometimes when you're younger it's very easy to get lost in the sauce you know like all caught up in all the hoopla and like just take things like so seriously because we all do when we're like 20 21 22 even 23 right like you're you're not quite you're still kind of finding your footing in this world whereas when you're a little bit older you can um you think of things different and you're able to like compartmentalize and rationalize and like not be so invested to the point that it's detrimental for you so i don't regret starting late i actually am kind of happy i did and also like i have a day job that allows me to do wrestling and i can you know do wrestling comfortably (laughs) so 
I'm okay with it. But that would be like the biggest thing people always ask is if I regret that. And like, I don't, you know, I don't think I regret anything because everything I've done has gotten me to where I am today. Like even every like crappy job I've worked, you know, every boring high school or college course I had to go through, like every crappy drive, like every injury, every setback, like everything kind of leads you to where you ultimately are in the present moment. So it's like, you can't, I don't know. You just can't like dwell in the past. You know, I don't, I don't at least like it's, it's in the past. You've seen the Lion King, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. (laughs) I really try to just live by that philosophy and not get like caught up in that type of stuff. Yeah. That's definitely a good analogy. Um, What's your favorite food? Like, what's your favorite guilty pleasure food to go to? I'll say I like to eat. I'm a very food indulgent person. <laughs> awesome. I am not, I don't, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I don't gamble, like, I don't go to strip club, like, I don't have any of those types of vices, but, um, I do like to eat a lot. Like, it's very, very hard for me to stay on a diet in any capacity. I'm just really <laughs> bad at it. <laughs> but I, I like, I like, I like food food, though. I don't like junk. Like, when I get cravings and I'm hungry, I want, like, a steak or pizza or a barbecue or, like, you know, I actually, I really like donuts. Donuts are a big favorite of mine. I like tacos. Yeah. I mean, I love, like, every once in a while, I just love, like, just pigging out on a ton of Chinese food. Like, that's one of my favorites. (laughs) When you have a steak. I probably sound like the most attractive (laughs) person ever right now. No, it's awesome. Um, I just want to eat a ton of food. No. But I do. Like, I just, that's, I just, I, I think that, you know, we should all be mindful of what we eat. Like, you shouldn't eat like that 24 7, 365. Yeah. But I think that if you want to eat those things, you should just eat the things, eat the things you want to eat. Out of, um, enjoy them. Out of curiosity, how do you like your steak? Uh, medium rare. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. That's where you get all the flavors at. Sometimes rare, too. Just, like, seared and then, like, rare. Wow, really? Holy (laughs) shit. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. You know? Like, a well-done steak to me is like eating a hockey puck. Why would you want to do that? It's awful. I know. I know people that eat it well done. I'm like, are you killing the flavor? Well done? That's crazy. Like, you know, like you just you just kill the flavors when you do it well done. You know, medium I is. I think some people yeah. have a hang up with like it being bloody or something like yes. that. And I'm like, it's not bloody. It's like juicy. It's steak juice. It's not. You know, I don't know. But I guess I can see that. Like some people have you ever had scrapple. No, what is scrapple? I've never heard of it. Oh Lord. Okay, I'm gonna tell you, and you're never gonna eat it. But it's really, really good. Yeah. It's um, it's like a Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, Pennsylvania thing, I guess. It's yeah. basically after they process a pig and they get all the bacon and the pork chops and the good stuff off the pig, anything that's left over, they grind up into a meal and make into little patties and fry it, fry it up. And it's very, very good. It doesn't sound good, but trust me, it's very, very good. Like a scrapple sandwich is awesome. Oh, that's that's probably your area kite type thing because I never even heard of that at all. Holy yeah, God. it's very regional. Um, it's definitely a DMV delicacy. Yeah, you could call it a delicacy. It's like a, a local. It's the local cuisine. It's it's a breakfast food predominantly, but it's it's quite quite delicious. I like it. If you ever come across it, you should definitely give it a shot. Yeah, it's even like though now that you know what it is. Most of the time, I don't tell people what it is until they've tried it because they won't. They literally will not. People won't eat it if you tell them what it is. Oh, I'm open to eating anything. So that's, that's, that's wow. That's why it's called scrapple. Wow. 
That's also like I tell people about cheese curds, and they're like, "What the hell is a cheese curd?" Because that's like big in the in oh, Wisconsin. They're good. Yeah, especially have you had fried cheese curds too? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Woo! Fried Oreos too. Yeah, I'm from the beach. We have oh. boardwalks Woo! that have all that fried <laughs> shit, fried Twinkie, fried Oreo, fried whatever. They oh, fried man. pickles. What else do they fry? I don't know. They're rednecks. <laughs> they can fry it. They throw it in there. Just about anything. <laughs> That's gotta be yeah. <laughs> that's gotta be so hard for you because like like you said like your body's your temple and your body's your money maker so it's like no my body's not a temple it's an amusement park <laughs> who are you kidding my body's a temple when it comes to like taking care of myself and like getting the right amount of sleep and drinking water and like doing yoga and, yeah. and that type of stuff but yeah. like no my body's a temple that's fueled by pizza <laughs> who are you kidding all right so don't let it fool you like you're eating pizza you're eating your your stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. Like I always said, you know, food... even if pizza isn't your thing, right? There should be something that you enjoy eating that you just eat once a week and you don't worry about it. Like that—that's not even a cheat day, right? Just because, like, sometimes people actually like their favorite food is something very healthy. Yeah. Like if you like sushi, like sushi's not bad for you. Like, go eat sushi once a week. Just take care of yourself. Yeah, sushi is so good. You love sushi yourself? I'm not a big sushi person, believe it or not. Wow. I tried it many times. It just doesn't really do anything for me. I don't hate it. Like it's okay. And, and this Maybe is com- I just haven't had good sushi yet. And this is coming for the like boys always try to take me out to get sushi on dates because I think they think it makes them like cool or something. And it's like uh, I'm just go get a steak. I really just want a steak. Oh wow! So they try to impression. Like, hey, you want some sushi? You know, there's some spicy <laughs> tuna. Like, no, I want a steak and a beer. <laughs> All right then. Um, what's your go-to beer? Coors Light? <laughs> oh. I just like regular beer. I mean, I was a bartender for eight to nine years on and off throughout college and whatnot. So I have had many beers, and I appreciate all sorts of beers. Um, but as far as, like, just a beer, like, I really just like, like, a Coors Light. But mm-hmm. I do like, um, I do like the Flying Dog Bloodline IPA. I think that's a really good beer. I've been fortunate enough to have it on cask. I want to have it on Nitro. There's a little pizza place that does beer and pizza where I live yeah. that has it on Nitro, and I want to go try that. So, like, I am a sophisticated beer person. It's just, like, generally, I really just like what's like. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you said you're a bartender. So, being a bartender, you think it also helped you, like, you know, because, like, not that you got to fake the funk, but, you know, you got to talk to a lot of people, and you always have to be pleasant. You think that helped you in, in ways in wrestling as well, like, talkative and you know just being open and friendly and nice i think that my job experiences in general have helped me in wrestling um my bartending job because you know it's like performing when you're bartending the bar is your stage and the patrons are your you know the audience they're your audience yeah so it's like yeah you get really comfortable and just being able to talk to all sorts of people because that's how you make your money like if you're not talking to people and you know hearing them out you're not going to make good money as a bartender. You have to be able to talk to people. And it also kind of teaches you, like, how to set, how to, like, control the situation, right? Because you have all these people drinking, and if they are getting crazy, you got to be the one that's able to be like, all right, guys, let's calm down a little bit. You know, like, and, and you know, it kind of gives you a little bit of a backbone. 
So I think it's good for like bringing you out of your shell in that sense. Mm-hmm. The other job experience I think that was really good for me going into wrestling is just actually having an office job where you have to deal with people and like all of their political crap that people do in offices because mm-hmm. it teaches you how to work with people because wrestling you're working with a lot of people you're working with a lot of different people you're working with a different person every time you wrestle for the most part and then every time it's this process of figuring out how this person operates what they want to do what they don't want to do like how they perceive you know you deal with all these different personalities it's it's so being able to like just work with people in general not from like a being social standpoint but being like emotionally intelligent and like being able to like read situations and stuff and just play not say play the game but like you know just play the game with people and like not be frustrated by it has been a good skill to have just know that like you have to work with people in wrestling and it's not always going to be a good time so okay um what's um right now um kaya um how do you feel um it's going to happen in the world with uh coronavirus and quarantine what's your opinion on that what do you think is going to happen down the road i mean as eager as i am to get back to doing wrestling full-time i also think it's very 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 important to not rush into it and to do it when it's safe for everybody i think there are a number of promotions that are running shows and they're doing a really good job of being safe right now and having covid precautions making everybody get testing doing social distancing everybody has to wear a mask the seats are always set apart like i think gcw has been really really great at leading the charge and getting wrestling back up on its feet in the pandemic era but i also like i said i don't think that we should overshoot it i think it's something we should all take very seriously and just ride it out a little bit longer until we know it's safe um obviously we all want it to be sooner rather than later but you know we'll all adapt and overcome no matter what it is that's what we do. Yeah. And um, my final question for you, Kaya, is what would the Kaya of today tell the Kaya of yesterday? Um, to just kind of keep doing your thing. Just keep grinding. And even when you get discouraged, no matter what it is in your life, whether it be in, in school, at work, at whatever, right? Just mm-hmm. kind of keep pushing forward. And know that it's okay that some days you're going to push and you're going to leap. And some days you're going to push and you're going to inch. <laughs> but as long as you, you have that forward progress and you just keep going, everything falls into place. Especially like when you're young, young and you're out of high school and you're like maybe going into college, maybe not. You don't know what to do with yourself. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to figure that out. And, and there's all the time in the world to figure that out. So I'd maybe tell myself that there's time, you know, yeah. and it's okay. It doesn't all have to, you don't have to be an overnight success. Yeah, that's Kaya, um, promote your social media, promote, I don't know if you have any upcoming events coming up? Um, I do not, actually. Okay. It's um, a little bit bare bones right now, but it's all good. I have Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Kaya MCK, K-A-I-A-M-C-K. I was, like I said, I was just on Camp Leapfrog. You can catch that on IWTV. I was just at GCW Fight Forever. The replay is on Fight TV. You can catch my match there with Holly Dead. I do have a match coming up at Synergy against Jordan Blade. If you follow me on social media, I'll keep you posted on all of that. But other than that, it's kind of a little bit slow. I think everybody, I think in general, though, the industry mm-hmm. is just kind of taking a breather before WrestleMania weekend hits. Yeah. You know, because that's going to be big. And um, so. no Facebook for you? No Facebook, no. I, uh, Facebook stresses me out. <laughs> can't deal with Facebook. I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. I, I just really 
literally cannot deal with Facebook. <laughs> All right. So no, I'm just saying it out there. So it's just it's just Twitter and Instagram. So if there's a Kaya on Facebook, that's not you. So you're just basically on Twitter and Instagram, and that's it. Yeah, if there's a Kaya McKenna Facebook page floating around, it's not me. I don't. I haven't even looked to see if there is. That that's obviously how much I find Facebook to be important. <laughs> <laughs> I am on Twitter and Instagram, but honestly, for wrestling, I think Twitter and Instagram are the better options, anyways, because it's so much easier to just get the information directly to your fans yeah. in a concise manner. Uh, Kaya, you've been such a pleasure to talk to. Thank you so much, and I wish you great success. And um, hopefully, we can talk again down the road. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciated it. No problem. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated as I was by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. <laughs> <laughs>